0: Day 183 of 365, the Bible Challenge with Abby Joy. Psalm 79, verse 1 to 13. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Like for like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry, turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper, it only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. Chapter 21, verse 27 to chapter 22, verse 21. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him, yelling, Men of Israel, help us. This is the man who preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. For earlier that day, they had seen him in the city with Tromphimus, a Gentile from Ephesus, and they assumed that Paul had taken him into the temple. The whole city was rocked by these accusations and a great riot followed. Paul was grabbed and dragged out of the temple and immediately the gates were closed behind him. As they were trying to kill him, word reached the commander of the Roman regiment that all Jerusalem was in uproar. He immediately called out his soldiers and officers and ran down among the crowd. When the mob saw the commander and the troops coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing and some another. Since he couldn't find out the truth in all the uproar and confusion, he ordered that Paul be taken to the fortress. As Paul reached the stairs, the mob grew so violent, the soldiers had to lift him to their shoulders to protect him. And the crowd followed behind, shouting, Kill him! Kill him! As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, May I have a word with you? "'Do you know Greek?' the commander asked, surprised. "'Aren't you the Egyptian who led the rebellion some time ago "'and took 4,000 members of assassins out into the desert?' "'No,' Paul replied. "'I am a Jew and a citizen of Tarsus in Sicilia, "'which is an important city. "'Please let me talk to these people.' "'The commander agreed. "'So Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. "'Soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd, and he addressed them in their own language, Aramaic. Brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, listen to me as I offer my defence. When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia. And I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamiel as his student. I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honour God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so, for I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorising me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? "'Who are you, Lord?' I asked. "'And the voice replied, "'I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one you are persecuting.' "'The people with me saw the light "'but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. "'I asked, "'What should I do, Lord?' "'And the Lord told me, "'Get up and go into Damascus, "'and there you will be told everything you are to do.' "'I was blinded by the intense light "'and had to be led by the hand to Damascus.' By my companions, a man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devout devoted to the law, and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, "Brother, Saul, regain your sight, and at that very moment, I could see. Then he told me, "The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will." And to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptised. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. After I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, hurry, Leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. But Lord, I argued, they certainly know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witness, Stephen, was killed. I stood by and kept the coats they took off when they stoned him. But the Lord said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 38 to chapter 6 verse 23. Elisha now returned to Gilgal and there was a famine in the land. One day as the group of prophets were seated before him, he said to his servant, put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. One of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs and came back with a pocketful of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realising they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there's poison in this stew! So they would not eat it. Elisha said, Bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, Now it's all right, go ahead and eat. And then it did not harm them. One day, a man from Baal Shalishah, brought the man of God a sack of fresh grain and twenty loaves of barley bread made from the first grain of his harvest. Elisha said, Give it to the people so they can eat. What? his servants explained. Feed a hundred people with only this. But Elisha repeated, Give it to the people so they can eat. For this is what the Lord says, Everyone will eat and there will even be some left over. And when they gave it to the people, there was plenty for all and some left over, just as the Lord had promised. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time... Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out, carrying as gifts seven hundred and fifty pounds of silver, a hundred and fifty pounds of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, Am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I was expecting to wave his him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me? Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Fafar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned away and went away in rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult... When you have done it. So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, Go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the river Jordan and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Then Naaman said, All right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again burn offerings or sacrifices to any other god except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the god of Rimon to worship there and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow too. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started home again. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master should not have let this Aramean get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. So Gehazi set off after Naaman. When Naaman saw Gehazi running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him. Is everything all right? Naaman asked. Yes, Gehazi said, but my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like seventy-five pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them. By all means, take twice as much silver, Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, and set two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gehazi. But when they arrived at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servant and sent them in back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. When he went to his master, Alicia asked him, ''Where have you been, Gehazi?'' ''I haven't been anywhere,'' he replied. But Alicia asked him, ''Don't you realise that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you?'' ''Is this the time to receive money and clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, male and female servants?'' Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. When Gehazi left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was white as snow. One day the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River, where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. "'All right,' he told them, go ahead. "'Please come with us,' someone suggested. "'I will,' he said, so he went with them. "'When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees, "'but as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe fell into the river. "'Oh, sir,' he cried, "'it was a borrowed axe. "'Where did it fall?' the man of God asked. "'When he showed him the place, Alicia cut a stick and threw it into the water,' At that spot, then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilise our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilise their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It is not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel every word you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than there are on theirs. Then Elisha prayed. "O oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and he looked up. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. "'Follow me, and I will take you to the man you are looking for.' And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, "'O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see.' So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, "'My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them?' "'Of course not,' Elisha replied.' we kill prisoners of war, we give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel.